0: On today's episode of the Ringer Fantasy Football Show, we go through our winners of the week for Week 16, which is mostly talking about Alvin Kamara. Oh, my God. (laughs) But also Travis Kelsey having the best tight end season ever and Devontae Adams having the best snow game ever. And we also settle a fantasy court dispute over an allegedly corrupt championship. And we give our final burn book of the season. Stick around.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere.
2: See website for details.
0: Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz and I am here with Danny Kelly and Craig Horlbeck. And we have not talked about Alvin Kamara yet. Oh, my God.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Holy what? cow. What? <laughs> Like, literally, what the fuck? What the fuck? Danny Kelly and I were talking before we started. Both of us lost our championships because we went up against Alvin Kamara, even though we both had the better yeah. teams. I had the best team all year, and Alvin Kamara. Bill talks about the fantasy murders. Alvin Kamara is the biggest serial killer in fantasy football history. Oh, my God. My perfect season <laughs> is just went down in
4: flames because of Alvin Kamara. And I was telling Craig this, so I know no one gives a shit about my fantasy league. But we have split standings dynasty league so basically we have head to head plus top six get a get a win for each week i was 22 and 4 i scored 300 more points than the next fucking closest team (laughs) and then i went up against alvin kamara in the finals and lost just brutal (laughs) do you want to know who the fucking quarterbacks are the guy i lost to sorry jj you have a good team he did lose joe burrow screw you jj he he fucking started mike lennon and Jared Goff in the championship. You lost in the, the championship
0: off and Mike <laughs> Lennon.
4: <laughs> in 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 my opponent's defense, he lost Joe Burrow and Minshew earlier in the season, so it was like you he was just kind of like scraping off. Oh, that, yeah, the, that is the that is the devastation that Alvin Kamara <laughs> wrought on fantasy finals. Just brutal. Ugh,
0: yeah, I God. just to just to go over the actual stats here. Uh, He had the most PPR points ever in championship week. He had 56 points. It's per Tristan Cockroft of ESPN. He had 155 rushing yards. It was a career high. And he had six rushing touchdowns, also a career high. No shit. Uh, It was the most rushing touchdown since Ernie Nevers in 1929. That's the day I learned that they had rushing touchdowns on record back to 1929. I thought it was like 1934 was the cutoff.
3: Yeah, Ernie caused the Great Depression because of his six touchdowns.
4: (laughs) The crazy, okay. The craziest thing about this whole thing that was tied for the longest-standing individual record in the NFL. This Are is you like serious? the unbeatable individual record in the NFL: six Wait. rushing touchdowns in a game. I did not know that. It was ninety-one years. That it blows my mind. First of all, thanks for having that happen in the championship <laughs> week, Kamara. For fuck's sake.
0: Dude, that's the thing. It was like a tsunami or like an asteroid. It was like this unsurvivable event. It was just like like <laughs> God, there was that New Yorker yeah. article a few years ago about the earthquake. That's just like when a tsunami hits, you know, there's nothing you can do. It's like you just don't be there when it happens. That was Kamara in the championship. Like, were you there? Did you have them? Oh,
4: tough. Like The nice part, the, the nice part about the whole thing was though, it happened. Was it Friday or Saturday? I can't remember. It was Christmas, Christmas Day. Day. Was Christmas Day. Oh, yeah, that's right. It ruined Christmas. It I ruined
0: forgot. Christmas. This was like <laughs> the, the best... Grinch of it, or unless you had him, it was like the greatest Christmas gift of all. That's the thing. It was yeah, like, you walk. True, it's yeah. like a Christopher Nolan movie. You walked out and you either had a great time or you hated it, but it's like there's no in between. <laughs> it's like just complete divisions. You. It was either the best uh, Christmas or the worst.
3: I really want to know if there's a statistic out there. If anyone has it, did anyone lose in the championship with Kamara?
0: I want
4: to know the percentage. <laughs> I think a few people might have. The yeah. only way it
3: happened is you had to be going against
0: basically Devontae, Mike Evans. Or Evans. Or-
4: oh, that's the other thing. My opponent had Devonte too. So yeah, I I was like- <laughs> Sorry. I, to was I was done. I was done.
3: But th- this might be the highest percentage of teams that have ever won with a single player on their team in no, the championship. No, you're so right. I bet right. you 95% of the team's won.
0: Over the summer, like every year we've been doing this podcast, we always talk about there's one fascinating stat that we always go over, which is the players that were on certain percentages of rosters that won their championships. Yahoo doesn't release that, but ESPN... Yeah, league winners. ESPN releases... Yeah, it was Lamar and McCaffrey last year. Yeah, McCaffrey two years ago was on like 40% of teams in the championship. Alvin Kamara honestly must have been on more than half of the championship winners this year or something close. It has to be the record-breaking for league-winning player because other than, like, Gurley a couple years ago, but this was different. This was, if you made it, you probably won 90% of the Camaro winners won their championship.
4: I want to say one thing, and this is what I was going to get to, is, like, the nice part about... Going up against Camaro this week is that I skipped right to acceptance, like on <laughs> Friday. You know, in the in the seven stages of grief or right, whatever, right, right. Like, five,
0: <laughs> five. Yeah. Well, you probably added a couple for this process. It's <laughs> yeah, right. So weird.
3: They'll let them the drag out. Have you guys seen that YouTube video of the giraffe? I think Adult Swim made it of the giraffe in quicksand going through the stages of grief. It is so funny. <laughs> no, <I> no. <haven't. laughs> <What the?
4: laughs> so <laughs> okay. off the top of my head, there's like denial. Bargaining. I can't remember no, it's,
0: them all. It's, it's denial, anger, bargaining. Oh shit! I already screwed it up. Uh, we could. We could.
5: Hey, let's it. look it up real quick.
3: Uh, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance.
4: Just, oh yeah, that's right.
0: So
3: you just went straight from denial. I skipped to,
4: straight to acceptance because I was like, "There's no fucking way I'm winning." Did this you go now. straight
0: to it, or is it one stage for every touchdown? No. It, yeah. Yes. That was- <laughs> and then six, and then six is oblivion. Six my depression. My
4: depression hit. Somewhere around like TD number four.
0: Four, because
3: three (laughs) is like still in the realm of reality.
0: Great game. Maybe one of my guys can put this up. Four is like, holy crap. Yeah. Five is they're throwing up stats of like, this is one of the greatest fantasy performances of all time. And it's like, who is Norm Van Brocklin? And then when
4: he when he scored his sixth and final touchdown with like a minute left, which absolutely should not have happened at all. He should have just been taking in the knee or whatever. I respect And then he it. scores a fucking sixth <laughs> touchdown, of course, after Taysom had sniped him of his six earlier in, in the <laughs> game. Like when he hit that sixth touchdown, that was when I was like, Okay. I'm I'm ready to die. I know that I'm dying. It's fine. I've never seen a team with more just like goal line opportunities. They were on well, the I one love yard line. I will never forgive the Vikings. Never. <laughs> never forgive them. Dude, I, I don't was care thinking, if they had backups.
0: Once the fifth touchdown happened, I had this quote rattling around in my head from Mike Zimmer from like August, when because the, the Vikings got rid of like three cornerbacks and like they let so many defensive free agents go. And they asked Mike Zimmer, was he worried about having a bad defense? And I remember he said, I've never had a bad defense before, and I don't plan to now. <laughs> and I just well, started thinking about that the whole game. And also, it's not an accident this was the Saints. The Saints love to run up the score. There is no <laughs> team that enjoys running up the score more than New Orleans. Like, Don't forget, Michael Thomas got hurt in week one because Michael Thomas was on the field up like 18 points with 90 seconds left. And then they also ran up the score on the Bucks. So when Kamara went out there, like Sean Payton just wanted him to break the record. It was hilarious.
4: Which is hilarious because it. he also took him off the field for that Taysom Hill touchdown that would have been his sixth, like with two minutes left or whatever. It's just hilarious.
0: We're also burying the uh, the important part here. You know one of the people who had Alvin Kamara and won? Balin Breeze, Drew Breeze's son. Oh <laughs> Drew my Breeze God. said in a press conference. Go- Today's Monday. Drew Breeze said in a press conference that his son. Collusion. Uh, <laughs> collusion. Fantasy court. <laughs> Fantasy <laughs> court. Was this all for Balin Breeze? Stop the count.
3: Breeze, the, the next cat. pete rose it was like it.
0: <laughs> oh my god oh my god all right, got gonna get that out of the way i'm glad we bottled that up i gotta
4: say we've just spent the last 10 minutes bitching about this but like if you had chimera that's just pure fantasy heroine right like that it's was blessed. the greatest
0: is the greatest what's that i think you were the audience avatar i think everyone listening can you just pretend that you were the person they beat and that was like really satisfying for it's got
3: to be the greatest moment in fantasy history yeah,
0: I, I really think it might be 56 points. And in,
3: in it was PPR. also on Christmas Day. We cannot <laughs>
0: over exaggerate. Like literally on Christmas, he gifted yeah. you a weekend of shit talking your friends with the total confidence you were going to win. I mean, there are I know yeah. actually shout out Sherston Johnson copy editor for the ringer who in the one of the ringer fantasy leagues had Kamara and Mike Evans and almost won again in the championship on her own. I mean, I think a lot of people had that. Like, just you're getting 90 (laughs) points, basically, from two players. It's
3: unbelievable. Yeah, I was trying to bargain with the guy I was going up against in my championship. Like, hey, how much can I pay you to sit two players? Just to, like, make this even. (laughs)
0: No, there's the bargaining. Was that the third or fourth (laughs) touchdown?
3: Yeah, you're right. After three, I bargained. Should we
0: get onto the rest of the univ- fantasy universe, or did Kamara like collapse it in on itself like it was a time shifting event,
3: <laughs> yeah, so we'll get into our our final top scores right of of the, <laughs> of the of the week for the season, and what's weird is like, of course, this was like a really weird week. All the top scores were not typical yeah. guys, which made Kamara's outburst even worse. Well, we'll go through the top scores,
0: but keep in mind this the the lineup re- feels like week 17 this is like why you don't play week 17 because the scores look like this but i'm gonna qb1 was andy dalton (laughs) unbelievable of course Uh, the sean watson and qb3 was aaron Rodgers. rb1 was yeah you know rb2 was miles gaskin rb3 was
4: he comes off the covid list and and is the
0: rb2 he got that vaccine got the vaccine oh my god rb3 was Samaj P. Ryan, which is hilarious. And then also David Johnson was right there. And then wide receivers were Devontae, Mike Evans, and then Michael
3: Gallup. I got a bone to pick with Michael Gallup later in the show. Fantasy
0: resurrection. <laughs> Tight end one was Irv Smith Jr. a week late sure. for Craig. It's tough. Craig, you Jimmy. were just a week
4: too early on that one. I know.
0: And then was Jimmy Graham and Travis Kelsey. And then the defenses were unremarkable it was the Panthers, the Bucks, and then the Ravens and Jets tied. But um holy crap. Okay.
3: Can we go back and see, is, is Travis Kelsey been in the top three every week? How many weeks have been the about top that. three? I'm, I'm going to talk about that. I've got non kamara
0: division down. is Travis. Obviously, Kamara's yeah. is the winner of the week, maybe of of the next ten years of fantasy. So, but other than him, who's your winner of this of fantasy championship weekend, DK?
4: Yeah, I'm just going to. I'll skip straight to my second one. This is Travis Kelsey of the Chiefs because, okay, first of all, he has fourteen hundred sixteen receiving yards, so one thousand four hundred sixteen. Most in the NFL and most by a tight end in single season history. So that is just, first of all, you know, not even from a fantasy point of view, amazing that he, he has the most games. Yeah, the most receiving yards from a tight end ever. That's awesome. <laughs> There's
0: a game left if they wanted to do it.
4: <laughs> Season's not over. Is he number one in receiving two? I, I didn't check after.
0: Uh, I believe he is. No, he is. But he might not finish with it
4: because, he is
3: number one right now.
0: Yeah, he's number one right now. I feel like they could bench him next week. Stefan
4: Diggs is playing this, so we're recording Monday afternoon. He, Diggs is playing tonight, and he is currently 102, 102 yards, two yards behind. So there's a chance. Anyways, regardless, Travis Kelsey, man, hell of a job. 13 targets, seven catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown um, this week. I saw this actually from Jetpack Galilee on Twitter. Currently, Which, what drives, did you say?
3: Jetpack Galileo yeah, you just scooted right past that.
0: <laughs> Excuse
4: I me, mean, Galileo. That
0: was Jetpack Galileo. This is like when Craig got info from TikTok.
4: I'm not sure about the origin of that name, but <laughs> oh, it's, it's, a it's analyst, an astronomer, an analyst from the fantasy football astronauts
0: looked into the microscope or the telescope, one of those, and that's the origin. Yes, I assume so.
4: Anyhow, <laughs> so. Travis Kelsey currently is the highest single season tight end fantasy points per game ever in PPR at 20.9 per game. Gronk is the gold standard at 20.7. So we'll see what happens after this week. But really, honestly, who cares? Because this is like the fantasy season is over at this point. So best season from a tight end ever in average points per game. In PPR.
0: I just keep coming back to what Craig said in August, which is every year I, yeah, I don't draft seriously. Travis Kelsey in the second round. Every year I wish I drafted Travis Kelsey in the second round, and this, <laughs> this year I won't do it and I'll regret it. Yep. It was more true than ever.
4: Yeah, he was maybe, not only did he he average the most points ever and have the best season ever for a tight end, but it wasn't like it was because, it wasn't like the Tyler Lockett effect where he had like one massive game that buoyed everything else. He was just insanely consistent all year long. Um And in turn, one of the most insanely valuable players in fantasy overall. So he had, and this is switching over to half PPR, since that's kind of our standard, five overall tight end one weeks in half PPR. So five times he was the top tight end. And uh, he was the top 12. In other words, he was a tight end one in 14 of 15 weeks this year, um, plus one bye. Bye week, obviously, where he didn't play. And then just looking at his numbers, I'll just list them off. And this is starting from week one. Tight end five, tight end six, tight end six, tight end nine, tight end one, tight end two. His only little blurb was like week seven, he was a tight end 27. I don't know what happened. Maybe he got hurt halfway through the game or something. I can't remember. But um, week eight, tight end one, tight end one, bye, tight end one, three weeks in a row, tight end one. Twelve. This is week 12. Tight end six, tight end two, tight end one, tight end three, tight end three.
3: Just like absurd. And that's why he's kind of a Glansberg of the Year, because no one talked about Travis Kelsey all year because he literally was just putting up 20 a game every single week. There's nothing to yeah. talk about, nothing to analyze.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like
4: play Travis Kelsey. He's awesome. There's nothing to talk about here. It's and there's no matchup. You don't have to worry about matchups. You don't have to worry about anything.
0: Not to mention he doesn't even lead the team in touchdowns. Tyree Kill has four more touchdowns than him on the season. Like it's like there was meat on there was meat on the bones still here. And yet Travis Kelsey is just it is. I mean, if it's really this simple. If you drafted Kamara in the first round and Kelsey in the second round, you won. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There you go. Congrats. Man.
4: Anyways, Kelsey, big winner of the week, big winner of the season.
0: Congrats. Good job. Great pick for anyone that took him. Craig, who's your winner of the week, non-Kamara division?
3: So mine is Devontae Adams, who put up 37.7 points this week. And man, just Devontae's season, I, I think Heifetz, you predicted that he would break the catch record, which... Still, you know, maybe he didn't do that, but he he pretty much broke every other record, dude. Devontae Adams finished as the wide receiver one in points per game, which makes sense, right? An average because he missed two and a half games, but he still fucking finished as the overall wide receiver one too.
0: <laughs> Unbelievable! And he missed two and a half fucking yeah. games. Sad. Did you see the crowning ad on Sunday Night Football last night on the sideline? Yeah. <laughs> he
3: finished. He, he averaged twenty. Twenty-six point three points per game in PPR, which is not only the most anyone has ever seen in fantasy football from a wide receiver, but is the third highest ever
4: of any player of any position.
3: Yeah, maybe Wait, not. Quarter. Say that again. He averaged the third most PPR points ever by a position player. Oh my god! Twenty-six point three a game. That's so many points. He Man. scored a he scored a hundred more points than the next guy who played the same amount of games as him, which is Adam Thielen. But wow. I want to talk about I want to talk about the Sunday night game specifically because it was a blizzard and he had eleven catches for 142 yards and three touchdowns. I did a little research. I think this is the best snow performance ever by a wide receiver. <laughs> Weather Craig, Would not be surprised. Weather Craig coming in strong. I went back and looked. So he had 37.7 points. Here are the other nominees: Randy Moss in 2009. He had 34.9 points. He had eight catches, 129 yards, and three touchdowns And a 59 to zero win. Uh, over the Titans. Titans. Again, and Brady Titans. threw six touchdowns that game. And what's crazy is literally the only three nominees are all Patriots. The next one is Gronk in 2011. He had 145 yards and three touchdowns and a 45-10 win against the Broncos in the playoffs in the snow. Brady also threw six touchdowns. And then Welker, in the same game that Moss had those three touchdowns in the snow, Welker had 150 yards and two touchdowns and the that
0: Titans, Titans game. Was, That Titans game, it was 59-0. I, in my life, that's the most dominant football game I've ever seen I mean, with the exception of, like, when Alabama plays, like, the Citadel, that's the (laughs) highest level football that's ever been played in the (laughs) NFL. It's 59-0 in the snow, Pat's Titans. But I will say to Devontae last night, first of all, it's a great find. Wow, the best snow game ever. I I, I think that Collinsworth put it good on the Sunday night broadcast when he said, I would just, like, the MVP is Devontae's shoes because watch his feet. It's like the other guys are slipping Mm -hmm. and he's not. And... You could have convinced me that he had, like, cheated. Like, his cleats were, like, super designed by Nike or something to, like, not slip and were illegal. And because the fact that I even thought that was plausible is, like, that's how good he is. Like, the best players have, like, legends. Like, Barry Sanders, there's, like, this theory that he had, like, oil or something on his jersey against the Vikings in a game. Obviously didn't, but the fact that it's plausible is how good he is. (laughs) Devontae just looked like he wasn't playing on snow. It was, he's so far and above the best receiver in the NFL, it is astonishing to watch.
3: So, so I just wanted to give him a shout-out. Most Best snow game ever.
0: Best snow game of all time.
4: You mentioned Randy Moss, and that was the— was that the 2007 season that you are talking about? Oh, that was 2009.
0: Oh, nine. So Randy Moss— That was the Moss, best game it, I've ever seen played.
4: His his 2007 season is kind of, like, considered the gold standard for receivers. Obviously, he had 23 touchdowns that season, which is the most ever in a single year. Um, for some context, I saw this from Kyle South from ESPN— For context of how good Devontae Adams has been this year, the first 13 games around Randy Moss's 2007 season. So obviously, Devontae Adams has missed two and a half games this year. So it's not apples to apples, but first 13 games for Randy Moss, 82 catches, 1,264 yards, and 19 touchdowns, and then 322 fantasy points. The first 13 games for Adams this year, 109 catches. So almost like 30 more. Uh, 1,300 yards and 17 touchdowns. So he came up two touchdowns short, but he's actually scored more fantasy points this season, 341.8 fantasy points through 13 games than Moss did in 2007.
0: Well, take away the points because I think that's skewed by PPRs. But if you're just talking about yards, you're saying that Devontae threw 13 games to do apples to apples, 13 games with Moss's 13 games. He's like 30 30 yards ahead of Moss and two touchdowns behind
4: He is 60 yards ahead. He had (laughs) 1,328.
0: Wait, almost Almost 30 catches more. Yeah. So if you played 16, it might have been one of the, like, he really had an outside, outside chance at getting 23 touchdowns. He
4: has 20 touchdowns in his last 16 games. Devontae Adams does. Oh, my God. Okay, that's. He's he's the most dominant receiver in the NFL. It's, like, not even close at this point, I don't think.
0: I I completely agree. Okay. My. Wow. What a trio, like, Kamara. Dev- Devante and Kelsey, it's just unbelievable. You
4: know, you want to actually know something funny? Just not to talk about my fantasy again, but I actually went into Sunday night's game winning over that team that had Kamara, even though I already reached acceptance stage like on Friday, and I needed him to score less than eleven points, which was obviously impossible. But he scored eleven
0: points in like the first like three minutes. <laughs> Devontae like, had less than eleven points about three times in the last three years.
3: Rogers is MVP chasing hardcore. Like they're not running inside the fire and oh, the yeah. snow. <laughs> Yeah,
4: Rodgers actually overtook uh, Mahomes this week in the MVP
0: odds, so yeah, there you go. My my winner for this week is just all the guys who were doing nothing until two weeks ago. I mean, I, it's amazing to me how many, if you just look through your championship matchup and you look at whoever swung the game, there's Kamara and Devontae and Kelsey, obviously, but the other bit players in the games, I can't believe how many high scorers were guys that were just not playing or irrelevant. From like Halloween to like mid-December. I mean, we're talking about Miles Gaskin who missed like seven of the last nine games. Gio Bernard, who had more points in his last two games than like the previous six he had, even though Mixon was out for all of them. Guys who just showed up for the semis. David Johnson. Craig's David Johnson had more (laughs) points in the last two weeks than he had from like week six combined. Between injuries and just incompetence. I just can't. J.D. McKissick had his best two games of the season in the semis in the fantasy championship week. Lenny Fornes, who had was irrelevant for large stretches of the year. Lenny. Yeah. Lenny Fornes had six touchdowns this year. Three were in the last two weeks. You've got Jeff Wilson comes out of nowhere to be top. T- I mean, well, you know, bold prediction, but actually was a top 10 back this week. Zeke Elliott was good again for the first time. He looks pretty good. This gives he me hope good. for next oh, year. Yeah, it turns yeah. out he's good. Yeah. <laughs> he just saw Tony <laughs> Pollard begin he was like, "Oh, I got to do something." He read the ja- tweets. Apparently, he yeah. read the tweets. Dude, Jamison Crowder was good for the first time in forever. It was just oh, the guys gosh, yeah. who were contributing were, if you stuck with them, were so rewarding. It was like it was like the Craig thing of, "Am I crazy or am I so sane?" That's the people who started Jamison Crowder. Shout out Riley uh, McAtee, your editor, DK, who won the Ringer Fantasy League by starting Jamison Crowder at flex. Nice. I mean, it's nice. It, I was taken aback by the mix of pure, bona fide stars, Kamara, Kelsey, Devante, that shook, that swung leagues, and Mike Evans, combined with Jeff Wilson, Miles Gaskin, (laughs) David, guys who were, like, irrelevant in the middle of November. So I just, I was blown away
3: by that. Can I say one thing about David Johnson's season, please? Say two. (laughs) I just kind of want to give him a subtle shout-out. David Johnson scored single-digit points once. (laughs) How many games how many games did he end up Well, missing? he played
0: like what? 7 games.
3: Uh he played in 11 but he got hurt in that 11. So of the 10 games he finished, he scored double digit points in every game but one. Just saying. Just saying. On a broken distance team. It's
4: not shabby.
3: That's better than there I thought go. he
4: would do, honestly. So yeah. kudos. Wow. Um, okay. I got one more just to add to the pile because we were we were talking about how absolutely just scorched earth the Packers were against the Titans last night. The Buccaneers against the Lions was Unreal! That was the least competitive NFL game. Hyphens. You just mentioned Alabama. Like that was the worst game I've seen an NFL team play. The line. It
3: was the same thing as the Saints Vikings game, but just the passing version. I was watching it right, on, what right. Saturday morning, and I was like, "Is six touchdowns just the rule this week?" I thought Brady was going to get to six touchdowns. <laughs> because, are you only allowed to have six touchdowns? It was, it was a reminder that
0: when we talk about players sometimes, sometimes we can be the tail wagging the dog. It's like coaching is what is the number one thing that matters in football. And if you ever question that, look to this freaking Lions game where the Lions had their entire defensive staff not there because of COVID protocols. And then Daryl Bevel, who (laughs) spent his 30th or 20th wedding anniversary in isolation because he was a close contact and then he missed this game. But I honestly regret not like, refinancing a mortgage and putting it on the bucks in this game because the I, the idea of like yeah go against Tom Brady yeah. and you I mean what were the what was the guy who was actually calling the defensive signals he was like an, he wasn't even like an assistant coach I can't even remember he was a nobody I
4: don't I, I honestly don't know it was some rando I just drew Brees' son I think was doing it, it
0: was the it was the Patrick Laird of coaches <laughs> Anyways, so anyways,
4: the bottom line is, if you had any of these Buccaneers in your lineup this week, you were probably pretty happy. I actually, one of my buddies was texting me; he was pissed because Brady, even Brady was the QB one this week. Tom Brady played two quarters. He was benched. (laughs) He was benched at halftime. Not benched, you know what I mean? He was relieved of bubble wrap (laughs) duties. He got to hang out for the second half.
0: Low key, the same as that fifty-nine nothing game in the snow that Craig mentioned. Tom Brady had six had f- six passing touchdowns in that game. He yep. was benched with 25 minutes left in that game. Low-key, Tom Brady could have had 10 passing touchdowns. That's the real record of my mind. They, but anyways, uh, Tom Brady's Arians, had two of the yeah, best games we've ever seen.
4: If Arians had gone the Sean Payton route and just kept feeding Brady... Like, Brady... Gabbert came in and threw a touchdown on his first pass in the second half. (laughs) Brady could have easily been the QB one by like 30 points if they'd kept him in. It was that easy for them. 348 yards, four touchdowns in the first two quarters. They sat Brady down at the half. They sat uh, Leonard Fournette down at the half even after he had scored... And luckily, thank God for people who started him this week. He had already scored a touchdown, so he had 14.1 and a half PBR. Fournette and Brady didn't play in the second half. They had to trot some receivers out there in the second half. So, like, Mike Evans got a bunch of garbage time. He finished as the wide receiver two. Uh, Gronkowski finished as the tight end three. So, the Buccaneers offense had QB one, the wide receiver two, and the tight end three. And this is pending Monday Night Football. But um, just a huge, huge performance. Chris Godwin had 16 points. And he only he mostly just played in the first half. Also, he had a touchdown that was called back on an illegal formation, which was like that was I think pretty bogus. Like yeah, he yeah. would have had he would have had you know twenty five points in the first half alone. Two
3: um, Antonio Brown got the touchdown on the next play, so just ridiculous. Do you guys think that the Bucks were the number one fantasy team of twenty twenty? Let's say you had to build a roster of a quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, and a tight end. You think the Bucks were the, the
0: top team? I was thinking about this. And I was, it's, it's, you want to pick the Chiefs, but the reality is that Clyde was disappointing and the running back production was nil. And that the reason, I mean, Kelsey was the number one tight end ever for any season, maybe better than Pete Gronk and Tyree a top, every wide receiver
3: besides Tyree kill didn't really do anything. That's
0: because they had all They they had no fantasy entropy. All of the chiefs fantasy points were through the three players that were in 100% of starting lineups and they wasted no energy basically, but they didn't put, they didn't spread the ball around enough to give like a running back any run.
3: Yeah, it might be the Bucks. I don't know who else you you could really pick because the Packers are the same yeah. way. It was just Devontae Rogers yeah. and Jones
0: and, and Tanyan, it. honestly.
3: Oh yeah, Tanyan was good. It's got to be the Bucks.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house, everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state, based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.
2: This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Okay, not everyone won this week, unfortunately.
0: Uh, yeah, who lost the week? Like me, other than me and DK. other than everyone. <laughs> so RIP to everyone who was annihilated by the oblivion of the Alvin Kamara
3: meteor. Can we find? Can we bring back cremated for Kamara's performance? He cremated all of us. Oh uh, right, yeah, though no, that—that's what it should be saved for. <laughs> I was I was telling
4: Craig. There's a uh, one of my favorite expressions that's that's used very frequently in like the fantasy football analyst community is when you're doing really well in fantasy, like you're running so pure. Like, oh my god, you were running so pure in that. Like, is that a all thing? your guys hit? Yeah, all you guys, your guys yeah, hit. It's new to me. All you guys get 25. Like everything is falling perfectly. You're running pure. I ran. What we you call the come up?
3: No running. I like running pure. Like, like running, running car pure here. is just like makes, running on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but I love that expression. I was the
4: opposite of that, whatever it is i was I was God, I ran so bad this weekend. I was in three championships. I lost all three of them. It's brutal, oh my God, tough week, but it wasn't all my fault. Kamara, I blame you, and there's also a few other few other people that like kind of lost the week
0: number one i I just I'm sorry, can we take a moment? You have such a defensive shell around this like you're like, I'm okay, even though I lost the three championships. you're kind of heartbroken right now, and you're putting on like you have a defensive. Air to you I'm right trying
4: now? to convince myself that I'm okay, Danny.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah. I just, I'm going sorry. through I the stages. I'm
4: it. somewhere in the stages. I'm telling myself I'm in acceptance, but right now I might That's actually good. just You're be. In, I might just be in anger, and then it's like <laughs> manifesting as
3: acceptance. Like I'm pretending. Take it out on the Browns now.
4: I've got a. I've got a ways. Yeah, to go I interrupted. In these stages. Yeah, who's your
0: loser? Take it out on the fantasy losers.
4: This one didn't actually affect me personally too much, but the Browns' pass offense this week in oh their God. loss against the Jets I feel vindicated bad. in sticking
3: with the fact that I think Baker fucking sucks because he does. Because <laughs> well, I mean, he here, lost here, all his receivers
0: deal. and they on the day before and they had to do a walkthrough in a parking garage at 8 in the morning?
3: How about his three fumbles or whatever the fuck he had? All right, that was bad. There's, <laughs> there's some extenuating
4: circumstances here. He, he lost his left tackle and one of the best guards, Wyatt Teller, in the NFL... Um, they also lost all their receivers, Jarvis Landry, <laughs> uh, Hollywood Higgins. Who else was there? there was Donovan Peoples-Jones. Peoples-Jones. Yeah, anyway, so they lost all their main receivers. Literally, these guys that they brought up from the practice squad, nobody's ever heard of. I, but I've it was never the day before.
3: It wasn't like the practice squad guys got
0: to practice with the first string. They just showed up on Sunday morning and were like, uh, okay, so you guys got to play tomorrow today because they couldn't practice on Saturday. So
4: yeah, and, and what I thought was going to happen was they were just going to go out there and use, um, they're just going to use their running back. What's his face, Cream Hunt, to basically be like a receiver. They didn't end up doing that, you know. It's and it's totally different because he's not practicing at the receiver spots. He probably doesn't know the routes as the same as the receivers. They didn't end up doing that. They just used like their normal rotation of running backs. Um, so people who plugged in Cream Hunt, hoping for that massive day, he did salvage it with a touchdown. So it wasn't like he co- totally sunk you, but. Basically, the only guy who was actually... There there were no winners in this Browns offense. Aus, uh, no. Austin Hooper had seven catches for 71 yards. He had 10 half PBR points. That's not going to win you anything. Baker Mayfield had 285 yards on 53 attempts. They threw the ball 53 times. They had like two rushing yards at like in the third quarter at some point. They just couldn't do anything on offense. Um, so and Nick basically, Chubb. If you, Nick if,
0: Chubb was bad, too. I mean, Kareem Hunt salvaged yeah. it with a touchdown, but Nick Chubb was extremely disappointing because a lot of people are like, oh, we'll get a lot of rushing volume. Actually, when, the, the, when yeah. the offense sucks, that's not good for anybody.
4: So at the end of the day, the Browns basically didn't win anybody in any leagues and may have lost some people some leagues. So that was, that was a tough one. But it wasn't all their fault.
3: You know, can we talk about Russ? I mean, we talked about potentially starting Baker over Russ. Ru- Baker had eight points. Russ had nineteen. Russ was Russ was fine. He had nineteen point nine points. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Everybody we recommended ahead of him did well. And remember Trubisky, who it's been Trubisky versus Russ for like the past three weeks. I feel like we've been talking about this. <laughs> Trubisky had 24 points. He was better. Trubisky Is it he did. So well. sane. <laughs>
4: Who? Yeah. Who is the who? Who surprised? Who did terribly this week? I get like
0: well Baker, but I I I really hope everyone who heard our Baker conversation understood that that was uh, not when we knew that there would be four missing wide receivers from his true. Saturday you know, it was the
4: most disappointing and probably lost people some leagues is Kyler Murray.
0: In Herbert. Kyler, Kyler wasn't great. It, none of the quarterbacks were bad. None of them were great because none of no quarterbacks broke 30 points. A lot of them were around that 18, 19 range. But Kyler was the one who sticks out of just like, wasn't that good. Didn't look good. Eye test didn't look good fantasy. No. And, and a weird, the we, Tom Brady got
4: the number, the QB one and two quarters. Andy Dalton was the QB two. <laughs> Like, that tells you a lot about the offense.
0: In a lot League of fantasy 16. entropy this week. A lot of wasted points. Totally, and you talk about Samaje totally. Pirine being, like, one of the three best fantasy running backs. I mean, I don't think he's even rostered in 5% of
3: leagues. Speaking of wasted okay. points, my loser is Le'Veon Bell, man. Oh, my so God. It it ended up not mattering because I played Alvin Kamara, but I I started Le'Veon Bell over Brandon Cooks at the last second because of Danny Heifetz's advice. I literally set. told him to do it. <laughs> and, <laughs> I, and I was like, it. I'm feeling Cooks. And he's like, not even close. You got to start Bell. And I was like, oh, yeah. It. Oh, yeah. It was, like, so confident. <laughs> so, <laughs> Le'Veon had 4.4 yeah. points. So, way to go. He was out-touched by Daryl Williams. He was out-snapped by Daryl Williams. He was out by Daryl Williams. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, yes. I feel like that screwed a lot of people. I think it's rare that you have a waiver wire ad on championship weekend. That is a big deal, and Le'Veon kind of was. He was a consensus top 20 ranked back amongst like all the experts, and he just blew, and the Chiefs must not think he's good. And that killed a lot of people, I bet.
0: Yeah, if you played Le'Veon and you would have won your championship if you had not, uh, you can blame me. <laughs> My bad.
3: Tweet Danny.
0: Tweet me. Okay, my my loser for the week, other than me for saying Le'Veon, was honestly just the elite receivers that were not Devontae. Just, I just thought, well, really, just my loser is just, like, good teams. I think that's my loser of the week. The good teams who played Kamara. <laughs> Specifically, like, Tyreek Hill, who's, I mean, I think the number one receiver entering this week. DeAndre Hopkins, who's, like, the third best receiver. DK Metcalf, who's, like, the fourth best receiver. Those three guys combined at less points than Jamison Crowder. Like, they just wow. didn't really get you there no they weren't bad they had like nine points a piece or so depending on your scoring and it just for how much they probably carried you there they just weren't quite it and I feel like those guys are the bones of a lot of really great teams and there's other examples too obviously Keenan Allen didn't even play this week but I just think there's a lot of really good teams especially a lot of people like Dalvin Cook just obliterated by the Chimera-ness. And then your stars didn't really show up in a week where like the other guys, the Khmer. It's like the Khmer, it's like the Tunguska event in Russia where that meteor hit and knocked out all those trees. <laughs> it's like the Khmer event.
4: What a hell of a reference. I was just reading about that recently. <laughs> oh, it's wild. So people believe it was a meteor meteorite that exploded over like Siberia in Russia. Yes. Like very like, wild Russia. Like no one lives there basically.
0: One I if you actually are interested in this, the one I recommend, there's a New Yorker article called Have You Heard of Tunguska in Russia? That's the it's one I recommend reading. It's unreal.
4: This meteorite exploded over the ground in also, Siberia Google and flattened, I don't know how many miles. What it was it, like a hundred square miles of trees? Wow. I mean, it's it's one of the
0: more astonishing things you can search on Google Images. There's but pictures of it and it
4: looks like <laughs> it looks like. Like, volcano or a nuclear bomb had exploded and, like, flattened everything within, I don't know what it is, like, 50 oh, miles Oh, I see least. it.
3: I see it. It looks like a, in, like, signs, you know, the cornfields. Where it's yes. Just like yeah, it yeah, it does
0: look like that. Anyway, that's Alvin Kamara. That's what I keep thinking of. What It's the Kamara event. <laughs> the it just Chimera. flattened that everyone in the square radius, and all your good teams are the losers of the week because oh, you were yeah. at the wrong
3: place at the wrong time. The Kamara event. I'm going to remember that. I like that. <laughs> the Kamara event. All right. Have you heard of Alvin Kamara?
0: (laughs) In the the Superdome. Okay.
3: All right. Important
0: important wrap-up here for Week 16. Final week for the Burn Book. We played the Burn Book DFS lineup.
3: Oh, yeah. How did that go?
0: (laughs) Well, all right. So here's the thing. I slacked you guys saying... Because we agreed blame to, us. to swap out, I am going to blame you. I we we agreed to swap out Daniel Jones for Russ Wilson and Lock mm-hmm. and the thing, but then we had Jarvis on the lineup, so I slacked you guys Sunday morning. Like we got to swap out Jarvis from this lineup because Jarvis didn't was respond on the
4: COVID list. Yeah,
0: and I forgot to change it, so <laughs> we <laughs> right. left Jarvis in the lineup because I did. So we got a
4: zero from Jarvis, which well, is appropriate. Really, I think we, we should. So Hollywood Hollywood Brown got a touchdown. Jonathan Taylor Michael had a big Gallup! game.
0: From nowhere, off the top rope with a huge day. Did
3: we have Gallup in our lineup? No, but he was still a big day for the bird. Oh, balls. son Can of a Can I just say, fuck a... Michael Gallup? <laughs> Dude. Are... Dude, Gallup is so good. He is good. Mal- Gallup has been legitimately good. The last four weeks, he's had four touchdowns. The previous 12 weeks, he's had one. He's been, like, actually really good. It's in basically yeah. the fantasy playoffs and just screwed everybody. It makes me so mad.
0: It's if Dak hadn't broken his leg, this is my revisionist history. If Dak hadn't broken his leg, I feel like around week 6 we would have been like he's the he's the number one trade target for like ahead of the yeah, deadline. Yeah, he's
4: like maybe the best receiver on that team and I fucking love both well, I don't love Amari, but I think CeeDee Lamb is a future star. And Amari Cooper is just good.
0: Like, he's Dude, straight up what are really we doing? How are we already getting? No, this is what the offseason's for, where we completely talk ourselves into players who burned us. He's in the burn book. The question is, <laughs> are we adding anyone else to the burn book this week? It's our last chance to add people in the burn book. for the Before we do season. that,
4: though, like, I felt so validated. I, hyphens, I believe you put Jerry Judy in the burn book last I week. put Jerry Judy he in the burn book.
0: He had
3: five
4: drops this week. It's really concerning. He had, like, I'm 13
3: targets and five catches or something? Yeah,
4: it's concerning what what's happening. That was, like, an issue for him in college a little bit, but my God, he's worse than Deontay Johnson at this point. The nice part is, like, drops aren't always a career killer because, like, guys will have the drops until they don't kind of deal. Like, all of a sudden, yeah. like, you know, someone will just not have drops anymore. Um, but, man... That's brutal. It was a brutal
3: game for Judy. I'm not honestly sure if there's anybody who deserves to get added to the burn book after championship weekend. Do you guys have anybody? It seems so unfair to add someone after the Kamara event.
0: <laughs> it's like yeah. everyone just, when all the trees are knocked down, it's hard to point to one trunk and be like, you. It's like, what are you going to do?
4: Yeah. I feel. I feel, like <laughs> we,
0: I feel like in the year of 2020, we could stand to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I think perhaps as a Christmas gift to the fantasy community, we don't burn anyone.
4: Okay. Kamara. Saved Ezekiel, the Ezekiel book. Elliott stays out of the book or was he already in the book? No, he never was. Yeah. So Elliot bought his trip
3: out of the book. Well, the one is Le'Veon. That's the question here. A one game book entry. That's impressive. I threw Clyde in there just for not playing that one game.
0: I personally was wrong. I listened to all four of the songs he put out when he was a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> all four rap songs. Oh no, Maybe Tua. Tua
4: got
3: benched. Yeah, what's up with that? No,
0: no it's this too, is like though. instant replay. If you have to watch the replay three times, it's not obvious enough to overturn. If we have to like talk ourselves into a burn, you're right, you're it's right. not a burn. There's no burn. Visceral emotion. There's that's no fair. burns. All right, there we go. That's Merry fair. Christmas, everyone.
4: So wait, so wait, did we, so we lost money on our lineup because Jarvis Landry
0: was out, correct? Yeah, 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 yeah That's what I'm saying. All right. And, and we yeah, didn't, we didn't get it in time. And by we, okay. I mean me. We like that. see what I'm doing there? It's like uh, I'm I'm diverting the blame onto you guys so that I Mm. look less. uh, What's the word? Incompetent.
3: It's a savvy move.
5: (laughs) (laughs) This episode is brought to you by hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Okay, fantasy court time.
3: All right. Yeah, so we actually got this, this email mere minutes before recording so i'm gonna read it here i I've, i was eating a bowl of cereal as i was reading this and i was like this is great we have to talk about this
0: what cereal are you eating
3: <laughs> honey bunches of oats with sliced up banana wow
0: oh, that actually sounds good yeah
3: yeah it's good all right thank you thank you to everyone who emailed
0: me the yogurt suggestions by the way like a couple months ago it was great thank you for that
3: <laughs> did you get do you
0: got a lot of those i, did, I so many people at, at breakfast people have things. these yogurt takes also, if you have, anyone has oatmeal takes, freshening up oatmeal, ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. I'm into Just oatmeal a, now.
4: This is crowdsourcing everything right here. I,
3: yeah, I'm trying to growth mindset. I'm trying to like improve my life here, man. My yogurt take is that all yogurts are too small. I don't know why they're so small. <laughs> anyway. Um, fantasy court. Uh, this is from Christian. He says, hi, guys. I need a ruling from the highest fantasy court In the land. That is us, Christian. So you came to the right place. (laughs) All right. He says, earlier in the season, two teams complete what appeared to be a landslide trade. Devontae Adams for CeeDee Lamb and Terry McLaurin. The guy that who had Adams, we'll call Tony, was near the bottom of the league and had little shot of competing for the year. While the guy who got Adams, we'll call a fucking snake, just needed that one extra piece to win the league. Sure enough, he won the league. Over the weekend, while Adams was scoring touchdown after touchdown, we grilled Tony, so that's the guy who traded away Adams, with Bill O'Brien and David Kahn jokes while lamenting how the season was over once the snake got Adams. After more grilling and most likely drinking occurred, Tony revealed the truth— the snake agreed to trade whoever he got in the fourth round of next year's fantasy draft for whoever Tony got in the 12th round of that fantasy draft with both guys telling the other one who to pick in the perspective round. So basically like what? he's, it was a hush-hush deal. Like, yo, I'll give you Adams. You give me McLaurin and Lamb. But next year, your fourth round pick, I get to tell you who you pick and you'll trade him to me for my 12th and you can pick my 12th. So he says, now Terrible. in my league, there now in my league, there's no rule against this type of handshake deals. There's no rule against it. But hmm. we do have a rule that all parts of a trade must be detailed to the group. We made that rule after somebody agreed to trade somebody to agree to a trade that involved DDing for a bachelor party weekend. Which is <laughs> uh,
4: this is that's like valuable. the trade that my my buddy's trade where he traded his car for <laughs> <Yeah>. Steven Jackson.
3: <laughs> DDing is such a that's such a low bar of like whoa, what It's like the
0: Seinfeld where Jerry can't give away the car. So he says.
3: The snake argued since the future draft considerations weren't happening until next year, he didn't have to include that detail. He then went on to explain uh, he was going to introduce trading draft considerations after the season because he didn't want to cause a big fight. So this guy, Christian, is basically asking, is this a legitimate win? This snake won the league. Because of this no, Hush-Hush-Javante Adams there's, trade.
0: There's an asterisk. It's really easy. I don't know the exact way they want to go about, like, stripping him of the title. I think at a bare minimum, I think the court should recommend absolute merciless mocking and a refusal to accept him as the championship. Uh, it's really simple. They hid the terms so they knew it was wrong. Like, there's no defense. It's like, they were like, oh, if, if the league already has a precedent that it's like, well, we present all terms of the trade, and they hid the trade next year, that means they didn't think it was legit and that this is a fair thing we're allowed to do. They're like, we have to not say this or everyone will reject it. So clearly, they knew what they were doing. So it's it's BS. I actually. My think question that would is,
4: be- would they have rejected it if they knew the rules? Because he's That's saying the there's thing. no there's no de- there's no rule against handshake deals. So it was just like they didn't disclose this part of the deal, which is you know not it's it's against the rules or whatever. But are, were they actually going to reject it if they knew it? I feel like if they weren't going to reject reject it, had they known the deals. The well, there
0: is the a lot of populist sentiment that can really take over a league when a player as good as Devontae is,
3: is, is uh, traded. And so vetoes fly around. I, I might be being a little too punitive here, but I, I kind of think this guy's title doesn't count.
0: I don't think it does <laughs> either. It doesn't either. No, this guy's does title doesn't count. The, here's the thing. The title, it's like this fake. The real question that divides friendships is what you do with the money. That's tough. Honestly? The right thing, and this is something everyone should consider. I think they should do, donate it to Devonte Adams' charity of choice. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie, because you start assigning it to like the second place shit, people get mad, and like even like a little bit of money, it like actually divides people for like years. Give the money. No one deserves it. This is pathetic. You shouldn't have like lied to to get Devonte Adams. You should. The cover up is worse than the crime. The championship doesn't count. Give the money away. This is this is a, a real stain on the league.
3: He won't see that. My guess is this snake guy. He probably won't agree to giving up all the money. So maybe, and that's a good idea, though, Hyvitz. Maybe he keeps half, and he gives the other half to charity, or he divides the uh, the second half of his winnings amongst the rest of the league as like as like consolation, something like that. But I don't think he deserves all the money. No way. This is bullshit. No, this is
0: this is this is not legit. You can't. It's also like they had the opportunity to share it, and then and they did it.
3: They omitted it.
0: Yeah. It's like that's that's the answer.
4: I think this is this reminds me of like Deflate Gate, where they should be. Ro- I feel like the snake should be robbed of a future draft pick. Their his championship they should be robbed is not of the
0: fourth and the twelfth. That's, that's what I'm the saying. Answer. Give
4: give those picks mm. to somebody else. Tony's
0: in on this too, man. The fourth and the twelfth—that's the answer here. The fourth Tony, and twelfth. Tony, got so they don't
4: Tony is. Tony is also culpable.
0: Wait, what did he write in the email? The, the other guy who shall be known
3: as what did he say? Snake. He, he said the one guy who traded Adams away. We'll call him Tony. The fucking call snake. Him fucking snake. That's hilarious.
4: I think so. If I was if I was making this unilaterally, I would say the championship stands because I don't think they're going to turn it over regardless. However, I do think because this was all like back channel bullshit, there should be some sort of punishment next year in terms of draft picks. I I also do like the idea of giving to charity because it's sort of like whatever, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't say you rob him of the championship. You just make, you just make sure he has a, some sort of discipline next year.
3: I don't know. There's an asterisk next to his championship. This is horse shit. Well, Bill, Bill (laughs) Simmons has a longstanding theory that face
0: masks and like certain penalties should be like at the discretion of the refs, like five yards to 15 yards. I think the five yard penalty here is like the guys docked the fourth round pick. The other guys docked the 12th. That's it. The fifteen yard version is as correct, like str- like not your title, and you like some or all the money is like not yours. It depends what extreme the commissioner. Because you know we're talking about a lot of work here. Now you got to get money from someone. It's like, it's <laughs> eh, kind of annoying. So like it depends on the commissioner. But those are the two things I think the court the court suggests.
3: Well, you know it's funny. The tough thing about being a commissioner, and DK and I were talking about this before we started, is that. Uh, him and I are the, the commissioner of our, our big leagues. And, like, it sucks because I make everybody pay me before the draft starts. So <laughs> yeah. that, and it's it's $100. So I, I have 1200 bucks. I guess 1100 because I have 100 of my own. Sitting in my bank account all season. You forget that it's part of that. It's all oh, your you money. Totally yeah. right? It's all your money. And you're like, oh, shit. You win the league, nothing happens. You just, Dude, like, go I about was... your day. And if you get second, even if you get second, which I did, I got a Venmo some guy 800 bucks, And I'm like, I just lost $800. Losing to Camara this weekend, not only did it ruin my
4: like season, my dream season. Now I have to pay this guy eight hundred dollars of
3: my money. It's effectively my money now. Like I've absorbed in it into account. my bank the account. account. The paper trail is gone. Any <laughs> amount of money in your bank account after a few months is now your. It's just your money now. That's the it doesn't worst. Doesn't matter when, if it's when supposed the to go When the playoffs start, you're like, oh fuck,
4: I have to have like a thousand dollars available to pay these assholes. <laughs>
0: I was a bookie in high school and I, I had a what? March Madness pool Wait, hold was, on. <laughs> what? Yeah, I was like the bookie in high school. For who? I, Like everybody? Uh whoever wanted I don't know. Whoever, you know. How where did you get your lines from? Uh well it wasn't it wasn't that. It was like March Madness pools and like, you know, oh, Super he was holding you, you like were that. holding the money. But I yeah, I lost the money. Like I had the march I had like twelve hundred dollars in March Madness, which is a lot of money in high school. Oh, well, you like, literally a,
3: lost the cash?
0: I couldn't find it. And it was like hair. Oh, no. I mean,
3: twelve hundred dollars is a that was, like, the most, I mean. And then you looked over to your left at your MacBook Pro sitting on your bed. You're like, oh, yeah, that's where it went. I found it.
0: <laughs> yeah, anyway, I lost it. No, I found it, but thank God. Anyways, that sucks. Uh, but important thing to come out of this conversation, highly recommend, if you won your league, there is a great Twitter list, and we can tweet this out, but I highly recommend donating a certain portion of your winnings to, like, the player's charities of your choice i think it's a really nice thing like whatever percentage you want to do of 10 percent, 50 percent. some people do 100 it's just nice it's like all these players who help you i think that a lot of them are very skeptical of fantasy football they think of like you just own me like a stock it's really a weird relationship if you think about it i think yeah. this is just a nice thing to do and like i like you know so for example if Devonte Adams or alvin Kamara won you your league alvin Kamara is a great charity for children in new orleans it's just we'll tweet that out but i highly recommend it it's 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 nice
3: yeah, that's a great idea. Definitely.
4: All right. A few listener emails. want to reiterate, thank you for emailing us. We don't always get a chance to get back to everybody, but we do read all of them. And and thank you for all the funny emails that everyone sends. Um, this one cracked me up from Brad in Seattle. Long-time listener, first-time emailer. After following your advice all year, I didn't make the fantasy playoffs in my stupid league filled with idiots. <laughs> While I obviously... Bl- <laughs> Well, I obviously blame you for my colossal fail- failure, I also enjoy your show so much that I still want to share a fun fact with you. When you snap your fingers, it's not your fingers making the snapping sound, but your middle finger hitting the palm of your hand, which blew my mind.
3: I knew this. <laughs> Wait. What? Yeah. That's why, uh, put your hand over your palm when you snap.
4: Is
0: snapping going to sound weird on a podcast?
4: Probably. So this is one of those things where it changes your
0: worldview. Cue, every, <laughs> Cue everyone listening right now start snapping. <laughs> Wait! Oh my God! It hits the little meat meat of your thumb. That's crazy. Yeah,
3: that little fleshy thumb, area. little fleshy
0: crab claw thing. That's wild.
3: Thank you, Brad, for that fact. Sorry that
4: you lost in your stupid league filled with idiots. Next year, maybe you'll do better. Uh, fun fact from Aaron. <laughs> Aaron. And I, I put this. I put this one for a reason because I'll tell you. Fun fact: The character Danny Heifetz on the Ringer Fantasy Football podcast is actually voiced by Broadway star and, Fro- and Frozen voice actor Josh Gad. Or at least that's all I can hear when I listen to this podcast and I've never seen Heifetz's face. Who knew Olaf was such a big football fan? This is not the first time I've heard this, Heifetz. Really?
0: <laughs> Josh Gad my the doppelganger? I, put... I mean, is Danny Heifetz my fake personality? There's a chance
4: that Aaron said this to me on Twitter, too, and then we just got it from two different locations, and I think it's two different people. But I'm going to choose to believe that I've heard from multiple people that you are Claw
0: from New Girl. <laughs> Use <you> know? me. <laughs> first of all, I thought you were I gonna say Bear not. Jew from Inglorious Bastards, and I was like, that mm, I don't
4: mind that one. And that that one's cool. Have you have seen New Girl, right? Bear claw's probably parts one of, my of it. it. Seemed character. like the first season. He yeah. So anyways, go look up Josh Gad. listen to his voice. Apparently it's very high esque we made up a musical about woodland creatures. Owls and squirrels and deer. Raccoon and, and caribou. Otters.
0: Get out of here. You're not welcome.
4: Get out of here. Get out of here, caribou, caribou. <laughs> when I first heard that, I was dying laughing. Wow.
0: Okay. Well, what was your doppelganger? Energy vampire?
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone said. There you go.
0: I'll take I'll take Josh Gad if you're the energy vampire. That's fine with someone me. And told, and someone Craig's told out here, me, Craig's think, like,
4: on tr- on Twitter, someone told me that, or email that, I sound like, like exactly like Colin Robinson for what we do in the shadow. Oh my <laughs> was, god! Like, devastated.
0: <laughs> Holy crap! <laughs> I'm All an right. energy well, vampire. There you go. All right. Well, to everyone who's been listening to this pod, this episode, this whole season, like we really appreciate it. We hope you won. If you did, yeah. it, we hope you had a good time, or at least you know got really quickly to the acceptance and oblivion stage of your of your you know acceptance of losing but honestly we've had a great time this season we have a really fun episode coming on wednesday so please stick around for that but i
3: think i think we should. We, can we let's just spoil it and say what we're doing
0: oh yeah okay you, you explain i don't know if schedules work
3: <laughs> we're gonna do on so it's gonna come out on wednesday it's gonna be the 2020 fantasy rewatchables we're basically spinning the rewatchables template into the fantasy football season i we got the okay from bill simmons Well, you've uh, been
0: producing the Rewatchables for like three years.
3: Right. I've been producing the Rewatchables for a long time now. I talked to Bill. He has no problem with doing it um, with me, you know, stealing Stealing. everything. Stealing the idea. (laughs) As Picasso once said, good artists copy, great artists steal. And so we're stealing it. (laughs) And uh, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a nice little wrap up of the fantasy season because who cares about week 17, honestly. And then wanted to talk about after that, we're sticking around for the playoffs we are going to go to two episodes a week, Mondays and Fridays, for the real-life playoffs. And we're going to be doing a lot of daily fantasy stuff. We have a really fun new format that we will be introducing. And I think it'll be fun. I think everybody will have a good time. Um, we'll be doing those on Fridays. And then we'll keep you in the loop for the off-season stuff as well. Yeah, there'll be
4: there'll be stuff we're talking about during the off-season that I think will interest people to draft. Um, Dynasty stuff all that I highly highly recommend you get into Dynasty this offseason by the way if you haven't started Dynasty get in on some Dynasty startups this, this offseason because it's so much fun yeah. um, just a new sort of spin on fantasy it gives you something to do in terms of the fantasy world during the off season. it's really really fun and I highly highly recommend it
3: we may or may not be trying to start a Ringer Dynasty League, so we'll see.
0: And here's the thing: this year sucked, but honestly, this podcast was a lot of fun. I enjoyed doing it with you too, and honestly, everyone listening, yeah. it was just hearing emails or like any form of feedback. Just honestly, you just you've been listening, like thank you. It, it's just awesome. We've had yeah, a great time really doing it. We really appreciate that. And so yeah, so I'm coming to you from Josh Gad, Energy Vampire, and Billy Volek. <laughs> this is the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. <laughs> thank you to Evan for listening. Thank you, Lauren. God, Lauren. Thank you, Post Malone. Oh, (laughs) fantasy rewatchables on Wednesday.